0: When my people look up at the stars, they see only death. What is out there beyond the skies? Clarence here and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS all-access series, Star Trek Discovery. Today we are going to be covering the latest short Trek, The Brightest Star, featuring Saru. But before we get into that and other things, I'll introduce the cast for today, starting with none other than the Trek story. And Jonathan Shorts, how you doing, man?
1: Man, I am awesome today. Just awesome. Enjoyed the short trick and I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry to keep you past your, your streetlight bedtime, but <laughs> I'm glad you're on, uh, nonetheless.
1: Uh, sorry, my dogs beat me to bed, so I feel kind of <laughs> bad about that. <laughs> also,
0: we have the Stargate story in Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, dude?
2: I'm doing good myself. Good man, and he didn't could call you Jonathan this time. No, he got my name <laughs> right. He got our name, our our name right. You know,
0: I do get it right. You know, every once in a while, you know. <laughs> and also, last but certainly not least, we have the Who historian Cal Jones. How you doing, man?
3: I can't complain. I am fresh off of a Doctor Who finale, so I uh, can't can't complain how about yourself how are you doing i
0: am doing great and like you all i am happy to be in be on another episode of discussing trek so guys what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of star trek discovery including short treks into somewhat excessive detail in addition to talking all, all the things about Trek, all the, all the Trek happenings and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, guys, you should go check out our YouTube page where I have a review of the last, a video review of the last short Trek calypso you should definitely jump over to our youtube page which can be found at com, and check out that video review i did of calypso and we hope to get some of the other cast members on some upcoming videos slash who is reviews in the future so i can't wait to uh torture them by getting them on to do videos so that should be fun
1: <laughs> well i was just going to interrupt you and say uh you know, there must be some kind of physical appearance standards that we don't meet. Oh,
2: whatever! Meet.
0: No, no, no. I will bring the camera to Hattiesburg, you know and we will
3: get I it on. I don't know
2: on. why he said we. I think yeah. I'm hot, so I'm okay. I'm there you go. I'm camera but, ready. <laughs> and, and,
3: and Jonathan, if that were the case, uh, then there would be no way I would be on the video. So whatever, <laughs> whatever man. Whatever, whatever.
1: I think it's because I'm black. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Always the truth is out. Always Did you pull the black card? <laughs> oh my god. Jonathan. American Express, baby. Oh
0: boy. Yeah, holla hove. But anyway, um Yeah, guys, we're here to review uh the, the brightest star, the latest short track. But I want to ask, I don't have any news personally, but if any of you guys have any news or anything you want to shout out before we get into the actual review of the brightest star.
2: Well, this is real sci related. Voyager two um, has just left the solar system after really? like forty two years of floating around out there. Wow,
0: forty two years! Wow.
2: <laughs> so let's let's do the math on that.
1: Okay. So for. Us- Voyager, like Star Trek Voyager, to uh-huh. cross the Delta Quadrant <laughs> to get back to Alpha Quadrant. How long did that take?
2: 70 years. 70 years. Right. That's, that's just to cross the s- Delta Quadrant. Now, that's sustaining maximum warp, I believe. That's, it okay.
0: Could have so been 70 probably, years.
2: A problem
1: we launched in 77 <laughs> right. cleared the solar system in 40 right. years without warp. Right. So you're destroying everybody's hopes and dreams by saying war. NASA so is series. destroying.
2: I'm simply reporting NASA's uh, news from
0: the front lines. <laughs> I think right. what he's saying is we're living in the wrong century. Is what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. Uh, Once again, not my fault. Yeah. I'm just reporting. I'm just reporting it as it comes to me. I'm just saying if NASA wants to continue to keep cannon, look. <laughs> You got to talk to NASA about that. That is well beyond my pay grade. There they break the trick (laughs) (laughs) timeline. And you know, if
0: if, if, if Elon Musk has anything to do with it, we will be well on our way to our Star Trek future. So just get ready for that, guys.
2: (laughs) Okay. I'm waiting. (laughs) Ever so patiently.
0: But, guys, without further ado, uh, well, before I get into this, I want to just urge you guys to head over to the Discussing Network website where we promote this web. This podcast, as well as our Discussing Comics and Discussing Who podcast, where we are well into the season, just finish up finishing up the season, actually, of Doctor Who. So you should definitely jump over. Check out that website at DiscussingNetwork.com and check out the other podcasts in the family of Discussing's dot 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 stuff.
2: <laughs> no, I haven't made it that far yet, so no spoilers. I got a few more episodes in, but no spoilers.
0: Ah, right, No spoilers. No spoilers here. But what we oh. will spoil is the upcoming of uh, well, this last short Trek, The Brightest Star featuring Saru.
1: Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle stations. i
0: gives
2: give you the right. You
1: cannot destroy an undead.
2: At ease before you spray something.
0: So, yeah, the latest short trek, the brightest star, uh, of, uh, episode three of the shortest short treks, uh, which aired December 6th, 2018, written by Bo Yon Kim, which wrote Into the Forest I Go and directed by Douglas Arnakoski, uh, ex- who is an executive producer for these short tracks? Before he was the first Kelpian to join Starfleet, Saru lived a simple life on his home planet of Kaminar with his father and sister. Young Saru, full of ingenuity and a level of curiosity, outcoming among his people, yearns to find out what lies beyond the village, leading him on an unexpected path. So let's go around the horn and get the quick takes, the 30,000 foot view. Of this episode, and I'm going to start with Jonathan Shorts. What do you think, man?
1: Um, I hadn't. I've missed the Calypso episode, but How I have you. to say this was the best short trick that they've done to me. I felt like I felt like I was in for a good movie, I and mean, then then it ended. Of course, but <laughs> ten minutes in, it was gone over. Yeah, but I mean, they put a lot of thought into this one. So.
0: I have to agree with you, man. Uh, I I loved it as well. So let's go ahead. And and Jeremy, what are your initial thoughts on The Brightest Star?
2: I liked it. I like a good origin story. And this was just enough to not ruin the mystery of who Saru is. I mean, it gave us just enough to kind of know where he came from without just totally demystifying his whole life being. Because there's such thing as too much backstory, and they they did a really good job of holding back, and I'm pretty sure we got more coming. So I, I enjoyed it.
3: Agreed as well.
0: What about you, Cal Jones?
3: So for me, there are things that I liked about Calypso that was better that I that that I liked mainly from the perspective of. This was a single character, and he was having to basically tell the story. I know you had the computer there, but the story was self-contained about him, which I really, really, really like, and I like the guy that's the actor. That being said, this made me like Saru as a character in contrast to the Saru that I saw in the series. not saying that I did or did not like him. I'm just saying it made me like him, I guess, more. Uh, so very good. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, echo all of those sentiments that you guys stated. I really enjoyed Ooh. it. I, 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 agree with a lot of the points that you have, uh, brought up. But I want to ask, like, you know, we've had a full season of Star Trek Discovery to hear Saru talk about, um, his, his species, Kelpian. Being prey, uh, being hunted. And we've even seen it in, uh, if you look at the Mirror Universe where, uh, Mirror George was actually feasting on a Kelpian. But I have to ask, do, is, is the backstory we got, uh, in this short trick the, the, the backstory that you envisioned when you first you know, kind of played back what a kelpian might seem like on a uh, uh, Cameronar in your head. Did it? Did it match what you thought it would be? And I want to start with Jonathan on this one.
1: Um, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I was kind of picturing a sort of uh, hmm, like a Jim Hadar type breeding ground for a purpose, like. You know, hey, we're just growing kelpium so we can eat them type deal. That that's that's what I was envisioning. Uh, totally different, but 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 I can still put together what he describes as his past in this setting, and I guess we'll get into the details of that more a little
3: bit later.
0: What about you, Cal? Did it did it echo what you may have thought from season one?
3: No, I'm going to agree with Jonathan. It did not. I actually. Thought for a minute that they were going to throw us a curveball at the end and this be uh, the mirror universe, not the. <laughs> that would have been cool. You know, because I really, because the, the whole thing of them being sacrificed, I, I mean, I, I knew he said his people were hunted, but not literally from this religious, uh, you're being taken kind of aspect.
0: <clears throat> and you, Jeremy?
3: This is kind of
2: more what I I'm gonna to have to disagree. This is this is kind of what I had in my head when he was describing, you know, growing up this, the the location, the setting, maybe not the 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 being hunted part that we've had, maybe haven't seen yet, but this is more this is more what I envisioned of his home being like. So I, I disagree with him. Yeah, and, and and i would say I was
0: very shocked at. Seems like you mentioned this, John, the amount of detail they actually put into this episode. To me, they went above and beyond to create this planet, this world that felt very believable. Mm-hmm. A lot of detail into what they did. And to me, uh, of course, in Calypso and, um, Runaway, it's easy enough for them to use this set that they already have which is the Discovery set. They already have that. They're using it for the current season. But to me, it took a little bit more work, effort, and thought into crafting this very believable world of Kaminar, uh, which I just thought looked fantastic. And I was very surprised by it. So that point alone, it had me hooked for this episode because I was like, wow, they really put some thought into this. And they did really more than, even I thought they would have went, they would have even tried to do, you know, my Crafting this world and the different color of sand and all the other stuff. So very cool. Very cool.
1: Um, yeah. That's what I, that was my next, I was going to mention is just the opening sequence just made it seem like there was going to be something really good. Come of this. The others kind of seem more like a short trick. Like they, like they cut a chunk out of an episode and said, "Here, watch this, but this looks like it was produced like it had a beginning, it had a plot line, it had a twist, it had a you know a protagonist antagonist. It was good
3: I, yeah, I really like it. very much a mini a true mini episode, right, yeah,
0: what do we think about Kevin R as a post warp civilization? Did you guys think they would be pre warped?
3: I did. Mm. I never actually gave it thought one way or the other. To be honest,
1: I, I really did. I, I, I assumed by the hunting, being hunted, and all of that, yeah, like they were just a civilization that was like really unsophisticated uh, or just behind in technological advances. But because of their abilities, or let's face it, their taste, <laughs> that post warp civilizations just kind of like made themselves a part of their lives. Yeah.
0: And and we see that Saru has been very hopeful since he was a boy, uh, but that is not how he was raised. Uh, uh, <laughs> and you have this thing, this whole concept of which this maybe be maybe the biggest part that I was not expecting. Cause what I thought hunted, I thought that was more of uh predator prey, I'm running for from my enemies. Versus here, where we see the harvest is actually something they walk wi- willingly toward, toward, excuse me, to, to keep the great balance of Kaminar. Um, what do we think about this concept for the Kelpians? Uh, Cause it, it really shocked me, but you know, whenever you caught in this cycle of, uh, and I'll relate it more towards slavery, slave master relationship, because that's what it feels like to me. Uh You're kind of in a cycle of you can't really break free. So what do we think about that concept in this episode? Kyle?
3: I I wanna, th- uh, if you don't mind, let me ask a question <laughs> to, you know, in true Kyle form sometime, because I did not understand something. Did they give us any indication of who? created the balance because i didn't quite understand that Well, or was it just given as a this is the way we do things
0: well of course we know they are pre-warped civilization and we know there's this other race that has technology that they don't Uh, have that is keeping a watchful eye or keeping them and subduing them uh the bayou uh so Uh, yeah okay yeah so they're part of the They are the other side of the balance. You know, they are the technological race, which which if you dive into maybe even history or a lot of other science fiction concepts where you have this one race that is superior, superior technologically. And they are able to keep a stranglehold on a different race because they just don't have, you know, technology. Advanced technology can make you seem like a god in some sense. We definitely see that come into play in this episode.
3: So, so having said that, I think that it was interesting or very creative on the behalf of the other race to use that religious aspect that I'm feeling that, that, that my interpretation was, because what better to keep a person or a group of persons or people conformed than religion? Yeah, totally agree.
0: What about you guys, uh, Jeremy and John? Um. Yeah. I mean, well. Oh, the balance. Oh, uh, the great balance of Kavanagh.
2: I, I would like to find out more about like where they go, like <laughs> yes. what happens to them after they leave. But yeah, I, I, I didn't see it as something that was voluntary, or you know, I, I didn't expect it to be something that was voluntary that they that they were honored to do. That was that was surprising to me because the way. I remember him describing it. It sounded like they were kind of like you know, the the Herogen from uh from Voyager. You know, they were they were very much the prey of this psycho hunter class. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, 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 it, it's an interesting hunting concept and their definition of being hunted, or, or Saru's definition of being hunted.
1: I, I so I agree with that. But so and because we don't know what happened after the sacrifice, I assume, because I'm trying to tie it in to what we already assume about his history, is that these what did you call them? Bao 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 Bayul. Bayul. Sorry. Um the Bayul is like harvesting kelpian, and to the rest of the galaxy, they know they go get their Kelpian from the Biul, so maybe they're like running like a slave trade or something.
2: Yeah, after the fact, it, it kind—they of, kind of remind me. I, I'm kind of expecting a, a more Wraith-like race that who these people are from uh, Stargate. I don't, I don't know if you if y'all are familiar with the Wraith, but they are they they are they feed on people like they feed on humans. That is how they that is how they eat. So they call all these different civilizations. So I'm, I'm kind of half expecting, half wanting them to be something like that, where you know they come in and they're their food source, and come and drain their life energy, and then that's it.
1: But see this balance thing, I call BS because I, I think the I think the father knows a lot more than he was letting on. Agreed. Agreed. Oh yeah, and like if the balance is so important, and old as he is, how is he still? Why hadn't he been taken? He may be in on it too. That's what I'm saying. Wow. So like, yeah. Because I mean, what other balance is there? I don't. I don't. It didn't well, look like they were overpopulated. Well,
0: I'll go back to Cal's point about the religion. Uh, we've seen many, many, many movies where uh, you have to sacrifice the virgin girl or whatever. I I don't think this concept here is that dissimilar. Uh, You sacrifice the virgin to keep storms from coming and destroying the village or whatever. I don't know.
1: Whatever it is. Um, And I guess that's the story we're missing because any kind of religious cult-like following like that usually comes because of a dire need from some people... And someone has the capability to fulfill that need, and then they hold their power over them. But I don't see a need.
3: But, but see, I go back to the even more so than fulfilling something for you. Remember what these people are. Their, their core part of their personalities is fear. And if you go back for the technology aspect, and there's many things, simple, simple things that a warp society could do that would scare the you-know-what out of these uh, people simply because not understanding what the technology is. So I could see some of this other race coming and just displaying basic weaponry and that right there looks like, as Clarence was saying, godhood to these uh, people.
2: But you know, you, Jonathan Day mentioned you know they don't don't seem to be overpopulated. Would you would they have that that scene where he's trying to decide if he wants to, if, if he wants to go with Giorgio You know, this village looks pretty big, but is that the only village on this planet? Yeah,
0: I, I think we was just seeing one slice of the planet. I really truly think that. Uh... You know, we're just seeing this small vignette of of what's going on, seemingly around all of Kaminar. Of course,
2: and, I mean, and who's to say that these these the 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 one who's hunting them that they're not set up on this planet somewhere else? Hmm. That could be true. You know, you know, kind of like I guess, like the the Matrixy. You know, the Master City on the other side of the planet, and then away from away from that, where they you know they possibly can't even see like the skyline or anything, is where all these different civil villages are yeah. where they get their their you know food or energy or or whatever use they have for them yeah the, the only reason i would argue against
0: it not being on Kavanaugh is because uh jojo says that they're uh, in a they're a pre-warp civilization uh which i think uh, would a good be, point be very hard for to be on the same planet. Not impossible, but all, uh, very hard to be the, be on the same <laughs> planet and not know of each other. But, you know, they not like they have vehicles that could travel across the whole planet. So, you know, it could right. be the other side of the moon type of thing where it's a lot going on where they don't really uh, are, are privy to. So.
1: Well, oh. I don't know if you run 75 miles per hour. I'm pretty sure you can get around. <laughs> <the way>. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good point. Good point. And, you know, um uh, and just to talk about this sacrifice and the the harvest, uh man, kinda a tough point when Saru, like asked his ask his father like straight up, you know, when my time comes, uh you want to just let let me just go?
3: You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, yeah. for me, that was kind of like the deciding point for him to say, I I I don't have a future here. Right.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess we have to look at, you know, if you want to just, like, unfold like Saru is a character uh, in Star Trek, his willingness to question the status quo, to not accept what's in front of him. I mean, he mentions that he's had these hopes and dreams of something greater. Uh you know, that's not too dissimilar from things we see, you know, here. Uh, are people doing things great? They, they want to break the mold of, of what they know to be true. And, uh, he definitely, definitely does it here. What do we think about him? Like this whole technology, uh, <laughs> being able to send a message. Does that seem unfeasible for, you know, a pre warp civilization person on this farm village? type of uh, environment to actually be able to program or reprogram this uh, piece of technology.
1: Yeah, that, that, that was the issue for me. Uh, seeing as how they have no other form of technology anywhere that we've seen, like how that this will be a communication device and put it together and learn English. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> But I understand. It's fifteen well, minutes and they put a lot of lot of thought into the rest of the story. So I guess some things just had to kind of be thrown in there.
2: Now I disagree that he learned English because when George O comes him, she's holding the universal translator. So there's probably some kind of translation matrix that it filtered through. But he didn't have it before Yeah, came. exactly,
3: which which is even Remember, a read, bigger <laughs> bigger
1: plot. He read on the screen today and he wrote today. Right. right. But that doesn't is, mean he well, I guess because he, did he, up, knew, yeah, he knew where to go meet her. Well, I don't have an answer for you. Because that's another <laughs> thing I was thinking, like, how did you know the shuttle was going to land right here? So, I oh, no. mean, they had to communicate all of that through this device, which means he had to learn English, which means why do we need the universal translator?
3: Uh, uh, I have an answer. You want me to go there? Let's hear it's it. A, it. It's a far stretch. I mean, trust me, it is a huge <laughs> Uh-oh. far stretch. Time you want me? Yes, because oh, I was going to say the TARDIS was there, but yeah, because <laughs> I- anyone, no, 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 I'm going to go a little bit more uh, metaphysical or wh- whatever, uh, whatever the appropriate word is. Anyone watching Star Trek has enough good taste. to Also, watch Doctor Who, and by uh, association, the TARDIS translation matrix has embedded itself in our brain. That's why we were able to translate what. <laughs> we actually Ooh, stop, there, this right right <laughs> <laughs> stop this right <laughs> now! so he actually saw that in kelpie and we saw it in english yeah 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 good good point
0: good point because maybe that was for us maybe it was just for us because certainly there's been scenes of doctor who where we were on uh Gallifrey, where I see the words "no more" written on a wall in plain old English, I'm like, okay, right. are the are the Gallifreyans speaking speaking English and they wrote right. "no more" on the wall? Yeah. <laughs>
2: their written language is circular and you just kind of <laughs> weird. And okay,
1: so let me diffuse that by saying <laughs> we spent the first three episodes reading subtitles for the Clean the Language. <laughs> you mean to tell me in a fifteen minute short track they couldn't use subtitles for the word today? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but but to to Saru's offense, to the show writer's defense, we have already established or we established in this episode that Saru is a highly exceptional being. Uh, first of all, so it was only five She's letters.
1: got somewhere to start from. It's
0: only five letters today, just five letters. Is that that? Is is is, is that that far
1: fetched to kind of decipher? Is, I can feel it. I
0: mean,
1: I mean, I mean, you can be, you can be an exceptional, exceptional cook. Okay, like you can be a great cook. But you have to start somewhere before you can't just like you don't see a, a four year old walk up to a, a stove and say you know what I'm going to cook a filet mignon
2: and some yeah. kind of
1: casserole. And- well,
2: you know this is not the first piece of technology that is that has remained after this this calling. so it's possible that He's he been- has kept other pieces and yeah, has because he did pull out several pieces of paper or or cloth or whatever that looks like it had more writing on it. So it's possible that they just to get into it, that he has trained himself to understand what these symbols mean. And, you know, is able to put together. He did say that it, yeah. Yeah, as
1: it does many times pieces fall off and he disposes of them. Right. So, yeah. Like, all right, okay, okay. So
0: maybe his whole life, he's been looking toward the stars and deciphering technology and, right. And, <laughs> And he's, I mean, it's established that he's a highly exceptional individual. And, you know, some of the smartest people on our planet just think differently from anybody else. I mean, just point blank. And I can, if, if he's the best on his planet, the best they ever had, uh, I can certainly see, you know, him deciphering these five letters here and figuring some stuff out. Okay. That's, the, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> So what do we think about and I guess we kind of covered the high points here, but I just want to talk about this freaking cameo at the end that I was freaking cheering when I saw. Oh my God. (laughs) I was hyped when I saw the cameo. Of course, I speak of Lieutenant Giorgio, which has you know pleaded to Starfleet that this guy, this Saru from this pre-warp civilization is displaying some immaculate skills, some very exceptional skills, and we need to go talk to him. What do we think about the cameo from uh, Lieutenant Philippa Giorgio?
3: Personally, I loved it. um, um,
1: uh, Uh, I'm I'm indifferent. It it didn't make or break anything. Wow, really? It it was, I mean, it wasn't that big. It was awesome. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like it's kind of what i would have expected you know wow.
2: like i don't know
3: <laughs> mm.
2: okay at the moment of truth georgia was probably one of my least favorite characters from this series wow you
3: guys so sick.
2: i was i was not <laughs> thrilled that it was her i was not surprised that it was somebody that we already knew i almost expected michael burnham to show up to for her to be the one to to Oh yeah, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Too. Nah, but absolutely. I mean, I, I just felt like you know, because it's it, it just felt not shocking that it was somebody that we already knew or we were, were already familiar with. Now, if, if like the admiral that Lorca was schlumping around with, if she had shown up, or somebody, <laughs> you know, you know, somebody who we yeah, don't we'll care, right? You you know, that we don't have a emotional attachment to, had shown up and been the one to find him. I think that would have been better because that would have made a better that just would have made a better connection but it was Giorgio and that's neat and all but
1: what i would have liked to see what would have made it awesome to me if it was lorca yes yeah,
0: that would have been awesome Be- as well
1: because that's going to throw in a whole new mystery like how long ago was lorca planning this well, or we, even if it was the, the mirror, mirror universe,
0: it, it, it yeah, would I mean. obviously be the prime lawyer, because this is some time ago. I don't know if they gave us that exact date, but by the, the fact that we know it's Lieutenant Giorgio, uh, is sometime time. I suspect it's at least 10 years ago.
3: See, I think if you would have had, while I do agree that that would be very cool, had it been Lorca, if you would have had him appear in a short track, that would maybe have spoiled any. Is he going to be in series two or not? Because the logic would be, oh, well, he's still under contract. He's still working with them. Yes, he's, you know, speculation would be, oh, yeah, he's going to be in series two. So I think that might be why they didn't use him. What I really liked about it being the Giorgio character is this is Giorgio, not Mirror Universe Giorgio. And we really didn't get a lot of screen time for this version. Which is why we don't weren't really excited. Oh man! See, but I was because I didn't get much of her, dude. If you had read
0: the book um, "Drastic Measures," where we get to see a similar Lieutenant Giorgio work aside Captain, I'm not Captain Lieutenant Lorca to to um, to try to figure out who Adrian Kodos was. I think you would be hyped as I was on this to see, you know, I read a whole book with her as Lieutenant George O. So I'm very familiar with that, that slice of that character and I can see how you have to disconnect from seeing her what in two episodes and at the end of season one of Discovery how you wouldn't have that connection but I thought it was awesome the only thing I thought they could have really did better was maybe try to make her look younger you know they just changed her hair maybe (laughs) maybe some CG to make her look a little bit younger but a little bit more convincing but man I was all over that that made my short trek journey I guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Anyway. good. do you see how huge these shuttles are? What do you mean? Like, that shuttle's just, like, bigger than any other I've seen. Even the, the past couple of times we've seen a, a shuttlecraft on Discovery, it didn't seem that big. Huh, the shuttles. Uh, I don't... No, I can't.
0: I can't. I'm trying to gauge it. Yeah, the shuttle on Calypso actually looked pretty huge, but the shuttles on Discovery are pretty big. You got to think yeah. they have yeah. they both have two benches in the back part, uh the length of the shuttle, just about even thinking back to the first transport that uh that Burnham was on going uh in the prison transport. So it looks like the shuttles are a bit bigger in Discovery.
1: So now let's let's ask this question. So now think about the Delta Flyer on Voyager and how they have this separate room, this in the, the back. science room or yeah. whatever it is. Like where is all? And that's that small.
2: It uh, was it small though. It just looked. It it, it, seemed, it, uh, it does seem like it was smaller than you can these tell when they were working on the
1: When they were working on it in the shuttle bay, in looked, the shuttle bay, it was small. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe. Yeah, hey man, know, come I'm on. I'm
2: but but to be fair, the size of Voyager has often changed during the show to fit yeah. what what they needed it to do.
1: Maybe it's like the TARDIS; is bigger on the inside. <laughs> Could be.
3: Did you go with this with Doctor Who stuff? Jeez, I know. <laughs> Such good taste in television. <laughs> I, if I say so myself. All right,
0: guys. Any other thoughts on this review? Any other, because I enjoyed it. I think we all liked it pretty much. But any other takeaways before we move on?
2: Um, Uh, I like the fact that they were actually using a universal translator and not just assuming that it was there.
0: Yes. Yes. Which they've done before in in Discovery, which I really like that about Discovery.
2: It just makes it feel like, you know, makes it, I guess, more real as much as Star Trek can be. You know, just. I agree. It just I I thought that was a neat touch. And you actually got to hear a little bit of the Kelpian language, even though I couldn't really make out how it sounded. But I, I like that. I thought that was really awesome.
3: All right. So I had two points that I had written down. One being I wrote a description of what I thought the story was and I said this this was the story of someone who decided that what was wasn't necessarily what could be or what even might be so that was that was my overall thought of this the story and i really liked how it ended with the phrase i saw hope in the stars it was stronger than fear and i went toward it and I, I just thought dark. that was cool <laughs> yeah, yeah that's pretty, i thought that was awesome, awesome. Yeah,
0: that's pretty pretty freaking awesome any, any other thoughts john
1: no i think we've covered a lot uh Great episode, man. It was a great episode. Yeah.
0: I, I enjoyed it. Kudos, Discovery Showrunners. It, it, that this is this is what we've come for. For these short tricks, if 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 we get them like this, give give them to us like this year round. You know, every right. month drop one. I will subscribe.
1: Exactly, because <laughs> this one I mean, was freaking gotten, worth it. We've gotten forty minutes of podcast content off of a fifteen minute. Episode. Right, and I mean it wasn't just crap content. We weren't filling in space. Yeah. I mean, we actually had to discuss some things. So, yeah.
0: Thanks, guys, for joining us. It's been fun talking about this very meaty, very meaty short track. So let's go around a horn and get any uh, parting gifts, uh, podcast related otherwise, from you guys uh, as we wrap up this episode. And we will start first with the Stargate story and Jeremy
2: Barrow. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's just Christmas time. Just just working my butt off, and you know, just trying to get things done. That's really all I've got. We're we're, we're still working on our on our J and J Start Talking podcast, and you know, it, it's a work in progress.
0: Eleven twenty three, hardest Street, J and J. John, what you got, man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do not have furniture from that place. <laughs> <laughs> um, not much, man. Uh, like you said, just working a lot. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of time to put into our podcast, but we are throwing around some ideas, and hopefully we can get into an episode another episode the end tonight and get it up by tomorrow. So other than that, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. If we don't talk to anyone again. Yes, definitely. Kyle Clarence. Definitely. Cool, cool. Likewise. Thank
0: you, thank you sir. Uh, turn a favor. And Kyle Jones, what have you been working on, podcast leader otherwise?
3: All right. Well, you've already mentioned one of the things that are several of the things that I've been working on. But I would also point anyone who is a fan of YouTube to our YouTube channels. You can find those at YouTube.com slash Discussing Network and YouTube.com slash Discussing Trek.
0: Yes, guys. And I'll definitely say if you are excited about the new Spider-Man, the black spider-man movie into the spider-verse featuring miles morales <laughs> definitely head over to youtube.com as cal mentioned and check out our review or not our review but our kind of you know we kind of peel back the layers and talk about who is miles morales but guys we are happy you joined us for another episode of discussing trek please leave comments or feedback you can send it to fans at discussingtrek.com. And um, until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.